0: Hello, today I'm here with Alicia. Hello, Alicia. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good and how are you doing, Kate? I'm fantastic, thank you. Um, This is the first time we've spoken, isn't it? So I'm going to be learning along with everyone else, but I'm very, very fascinated by your work. Can you introduce yourself and tell us about your company and what you do?
1: Well, my name is Alicia Gay, and I have a company called Medicine Flower, and what we are is an an aromatic apothecary, and besides having um, a full line of essential oils that are genuine, we also have a line of the flavor extracts, which I think is what is encouraging this interview (laughs) to find out more about our flavors. Mm. Um, We also make uh, body care products and different um aromatherapy products and then i'm also a a natural perfumer or i I make perfumes that are botanical perfumes so these are made out of wild and organic materials and um then we also do like massage oils and body care
0: products so Um, can you tell us a little bit about your your journey into this how did you get started and how long have you been doing it
1: Well, my journey began when I was very young. Uh, My background is in the healing arts. Um, I've always been fascinated by essences. And uh, even when I was eight years old uh, in the healing arts, my grandmother used to have me massage her hands. And so um, as I grew up, I was always just fascinated by candles and perfumes and anything that smelled, really. So when I was young, I started to just be fascinated by essences. And it took me into a journey into the healing arts and to health foods where I was studying uh, healing with natural products. And um, I went on into going into uh, becoming a holistic health practitioner in the 80s. And we were part of that group.
0: Excuse me? So that must have been really unusual back then, was it?
1: Yes, because nobody was doing it. We were actually part of the first 1,000-hour program that was done in the United States. So I was studying deep tissue and healing. And, of course, it's always... You you have a twofold objective. You're learning to do this as a career, but it also helps yourself to grow and learn about yourself. And during that time, um, aromatherapy really wasn't very big at that point. In fact, most people didn't even know the name aromatherapy. A lot of times when you would ask somebody what is aromatherapy, they would say, what is that?
0: Yeah. So
1: in the 80s, I wound up becoming a holistic health practitioner and doing massage therapy, and I started a, a practice which I had for about eight nine years. And during that time, I started to integrate using essential oils. And it was it was interesting because at that point, I had so many questions about quality and what is this and how is this extracted and uh there was just very there were so many questions Kate about um materials i mean it, it, it and at that point even when i was trying to learn about this most people didn't know anything so i had to do an a m- immense amount of research to find out people that could actually even pass on some of this information hey um, and I wound up founding this one woman who I'm still, I still know today. She was actually one of my first cu- customers back then um, to find out about oils and, and how to mix them. She was doing the body care where you would add the oils and do custom lotions and custom gels and custom massage oils and custom perfumes. And at that, at that time, I was also studying aromas but there was um, another interest of mine, which was about light, sound, and color and using aromas with music and color and and shapes and mandalas. So that was another journey into trying to integrate not only the body work, but the light, sound, and color, and then the essences. Um, At one point when I had gone up to study light, sound, and color, I wound up um, meeting this particular person who helped me on my journey. And about six months to a year later, they wound up back down in San Diego because that's where I was living. And I wanted to start a company selling oils. And I didn't really know much how to do that, but I was determined to start a company. Yeah. And they... It's kind of interesting, Kate, because um, I, the first thing I ever sold a medicine flower was I sold a quartz crystal. Yeah. <laughs> and that was really the initiation of that journey into crystals and into essential oils and uh, ultimately the flavors. Um,
0: I don't. I don't know if
1: I'm answering. There's, there's so much history there yeah. that it's. It's hard to pull in all the different points. And that journey began because of a quartz crystal. I mean, that was really what helped to initiate meeting people. Um, And at one point, I wound up in Las Vegas. I was importing these hand-blown perfume bottles, and I met one of my mentors. His name was Adam. And he was from a family of perfumers that went back actually to William the Conqueror in 1048. Wow! Yes, it was really fascinating. His <laughs> mom and his dad were actually an arranged marriage because they came from two different sides of perfume perfumers, wow. and they were an arranged marriage. Most people don't know this, and I'm actually even telling this on this, um, you know, in this interview, but. He was the result of that marriage, and he was amazing, Kate. I learned so much from him because, see, at that time, most people, like, in the journey of learning about these oils, and um, many of essential oils are used in flavoring, too, like lavender or peppermint or cinnamon. Well, when you would try to get information from these people, they would not tell you anything. They were very secretive. Yeah. Um, ma- many of this information comes from uh, people back east where a lot of the flavor houses are, the big flavor houses. And they don't like to tell you anything at yeah. that time. So it was you have to have some kind of tenacity to to, uh, to, to learn in, in that art because if you weren't brought up in, on the east coast, and you didn't know somebody that was in one of those perfume houses or those flavor houses. You could, you didn't learn, right? So now today, much more information is available, Kate. It really is. Um, the doors have opened. It's almost like a renaissance of the the nose, so to speak.
0: But <laughs> so how, did, how I, did you learn? How did you? Excuse me. How did you learn? How was your training?
1: Well, I learned from Adam, yeah. and I also had, was very fortunate to learn from some mentors back east. And then I also learned from a woman who was brought up in the perfume industry, and her name was Christine, and then another woman named Catherine, who was, they were natural perfumers. But they were traditionally trained as perfumers and using all the different aromatic chemicals. So they actually came from that background in aromatic chemicals, uh-huh. and then they went into naturals because even in perfumes um, they use naturals with synthetics, and they've been doing that since probably the early 1800s or maybe mm-hmm. the middle of 1800s. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember when when they actually introduced the synthetics because. Um, you know, there's only so much that's produced on a natural level or genuine level. And as the population grows and the demand grows, they had to do something to accommodate that. So those were some of my mentors and then I've also um learned from different people in the um well Jeannie Rose, she's been she's been a, a liaison, uh just many people um that that were in, let's see, I think there was like Patricia Davis and some of these other people in aromatherapy that were from England. Um,
0: so when did and, you start, when did you sell that first crystal? When did you start?
1: I sold that first crystal in, I think it was 1985. Wow. So I've been doing, I've been in the holistic health for a long time, and... um you know, it takes a long time to understand things, and, and I still learn every day. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 and a lot of times, it, even in this industry, and, and I, don't, I don't know who the, the listener is out there, but many people that are learning about aromatherapy or have that kind of information, and it, it, it's interesting because one of the things that I've learned is that we only know what is taught to us. So if we don't have a reference to what is genuine, somebody can say this lavender or this strawberry is genuine. Yeah. But if you don't have a reference to what is real, then our reference in our own journey of learning is not going to be what is true. Right. If somebody else is saying, I mean... In the media, they always say this is genuine, and this is pure, and this is natural. Of course, they're trying to sell it to you. Yeah. The biggest awakening for me was when, uh, in my journey to learn about aromatics, because it really is a passion, and I'm still passionate about it over 20-something years later, is that when I realized that my references to what was real and what wasn't real... It it was almost like this, oh, it was like, it was like this light went on inside of me and I said, I want to share this with people. Yeah. Because Because people really don't know. I mean, there's like hundreds of varieties of lavender and most of the lavenders out there are not even real.
0: Right.
1: But when you smell a lavender because somebody else down there said, well, this is lavender and you know, I know that because you know my supplier said that this lavender is real. <laughs> you, 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 it's 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 interesting because we don't know what's real unless you really know it's
0: real. Yeah, yeah. The same
1: thing that I learned about. I just was going to skip because here in the flavor industry, and I and I believe that's why we're we're having this interview is that. Many of the essential oils are used in flavor, like peppermint or lavender, cinnamon, uh, bergamot is a real popular one, like the traditional earl grey. Yeah. Um, What else? Even elangolang is used in the flavor industry. Yeah. Um, uh, Juniper berry is used in the flavor industry. So we have all these essential oils that are used in the flavor industry. And when I was introduced to our flavors, it was an opportunity to say, it, they, they basically said, this is, this is what we're, we're doing, and would you like to be a part of that? And and as a formulator and as a perfumer, I was absolutely ecstatic, Kate, to be able to say, this peach body butter is real, or this vanilla body butter is real. because. Yeah. As a perfumer, you can't get those flavor notes or those fruit notes as natural. I mean, if you would have asked me seven years ago or six and a half years ago, I would have said, no way, it's impossible. Yeah. What I wanted to point out is going back to our reference with people out there that are listening and, and they say, well, this is real, or this isn't real. Technology has really changed a lot. Uh, just as as even in our, our uh, cell phones, look at the technology. Yeah. Even though distillation's been used for thousands and thousands of years, they're actually now having uh, technology like CO2 and different processes that actually can extract that essence or that flavor from the material, whereas before, maybe 20 years ago, or twenty five years ago, they didn't have that technology. Maybe even ten years ago.
0: So, do you have this amazing like laboratory where all this is happening?
1: Say that again. I'm sorry. Do
0: you have this amazing like laboratory where all this is happening?
1: <laughs> well, yes and no. Um, I have one uh, lab that 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 I have, and then the the um, the majority of the. Uh, the actual extraction has to be done in the different lab because it has to be under very strict regulations. Yeah. Uh, when you're when you're taking a strawberry and you're removing the water and you're putting it into a CO2, you you really have to have it just very very restricted. And I mean, they're very um, um, you have to be very mindful and very scientifically oriented to do that in the proper way.
0: So, can you describe to us a little of the process of i mean something like lavender, for instance how how is it how are the oils extracted
1: Well, lavender, which is an essential oil, is done through steam distillation uh uh-huh. and steam distillation is basically where you would have the material in a vat, and the steam would get injected into um, the container where the lavender is, and as it heats up, uh, depending on the pressure and the temperature that you're cooking it at, the the volatile essences would would, uh, go up into what they call a condenser, and there would be water that would be cooling it off, and when it cools off and it drips off into another container, the oil would float on the top, and that Mm -hmm. is what would be an essential oil. And I'm just saying that in just a a simpler term. Yeah, yeah. Distillation is actually quite simple. Um, Whereas like uh, jasmines or rose or even we have some very uh, exotic types of uh, materials like lotus. Um, We even have a gardenia and a honeysuckle. And what that is is that they take... um, uh, traditionally, that they've been extracting jasmines or roses, they usually use hexane, which is kind of a petroleum distillate. And if it's done properly, you can actually remove all the hexane uh, through um, basically cooking it off at low temperatures. And again, it's pressure and temperature. What we do with our absolutes is we do a CO2, and that, that basically uh, we use a food grade alcohol. And then we do a CO2, so when you smell our jasmines or you smell rose, you don't smell any of that residual, that petroleum distillate in the back end.
0: So when you say um, you do a CO2, what does that mean? Uh, CO2 would be basically
1: carbon dioxide, is, is the simplest way I could say it. Yeah. And that's just a different extraction process. It's a cold process. Yeah. So uh, what happens, and especially I know that the raw fooders, they're very very concerned about how things are processed at certain temperatures. And these things are done at very low temperatures for two reasons. One, you get a better product. Your result is better. Yeah. And two, it's, it's, it's not going to cook off any of those constituents that may be um, uh, desired.
0: So it's a similar thing. They put carbon dioxide into a... That with the rose petals in, say, and the oils are released. Is that how it works? Well, let clarify. So you have
1: steam distillation, which is usually like for lavender, eucalyptus, peppermint, those types of products. A CO2, where they used to do what's called solvent extraction, which was used with hexane, now what they do is they do a, a food-grade alcohol. These is the way ours is produced. Yeah. It's a food-grade alcohol, and then they do CO2, which basically cleans it up. You know, this is all done with the little labs and the, and the, you know, the tubes and everything, and, yeah. I, and it's hard to explain that uh, uh, talking like we are. <laughs> and then there is also the other way where they could take a citrus um, orange or a lemon, And that is basically where they take the peel and they cold press it. They actually press it under uh, uh, pressure. Um, And just to let you know, we don't actually offer cold-pressed oils like orange or lemon. Uh, That is usually a byproduct of a uh, food industry, like people that make lemon juice or orange juice. We actually take the whole lemon or the whole orange and we cut it up in fours, and it's put into steam distillation at right. a very low temperature. Right. So what you're getting is you're getting the full in you're getting the full uh, impact of that yeah, that yeah. material instead of maybe just parts and pieces of it. And it's also more stable too. A lot of the citrus oils um, they will go bad after a while, if uh, especially a cold press oil. I mean, there's so many things to talk about, and that we could be discussing but it's like I don't know if we have enough time to do all of that and, I, and I'm giving you bits and pieces and maybe we can you know talk about it again Yeah. Um, so those are, those are basically uh, different ways that oils are processed um, our flavors are processed uh, through a combination of technology and it's a, it's a multi-stage extraction process and what they do is like take strawberries for instance they remove all the water, and then they do uh, either CO2 or our proprietary cold process. And what that results in is a very concentrated strawberry flavor extract. Yeah. And that can be literally used for anything, Cake. You can use it for lip balms. You can use it for your strawberry sauces or put it into your raw cheesecakes, um, you can use it to, to to fragrance your house if you want, and, and what you're getting is something that's not chemical, that's not going to hurt your children or yourself.
0: So, how long have you been doing the food extracts?
1: We have had them. Um, our retail line has been out for two years now, a little over two years, and we, uh, I personally, have been using it for almost six years. We researched the market for three years. Because we wanted to find out what was out there and what was being offered.
0: And are you not the only people that make them? I've never come across them anywhere else. Well, we, we're,
1: we're putting them out in a way that nobody has done that before. Yeah. Usually what you get is a flavor house, and they'll dilute them in alcohol. They'll dilute them in propylene glycol. They'll dilute them with um, basic, uh, like a sunflower oil or cottonseed oil. Um, anything that I've seen out there in the three years that we were researching, and I continue to keep my eyes open because I want to know, what's, you know what we're, yeah, what we're yeah. doing. I've never seen anything out there as concentrated as this. Yeah. Everything is always diluted. I mean even your vanillas they they have anywhere from probably up to 55-65% alcohol. These have no alcohol in it. Yeah. With, any- with the exception I do want to uh, reiterate with the exception is the lemon, the orange the, um, the rum extract and also the apricot. During the extraction process we do have to use some food grade alcohol so when you get to the final product it could have up to five percent alcohol in it and that's why we actually package it with a different cap.
0: Uh huh. I love the so rum. Nice. The rum is one of my favorites.
1: Yes. <laughs> it's very strong too. If you use too much of these flavors it actually goes the other way. Yeah. Some people think by putting more in it, they're going to get it stronger, and it actually can have the reverse effect. Yeah.
0: So how many do you do? Do you know? How How many? Pardon me? How many of the food extracts do you do? Oh, I think we
1: have 45 now.
0: Wow, amazing. Um,
1: and there, we're looking at a few more. I mean, Sometimes we get asked about different, you know, additional ones, but, you know, there's only... We we, we can't do them because you have to have the material. <laughs>
0: yeah. Which are the best sellers? Which are the favorites? I'd say vanilla, dark
1: chocolate, coffee, uh, coconut, um, blueberry, strawberry. Um, and by the way, we are coming out with a fig body butter... That oh. is to live for.
0: Oh. It is
1: amazing. <laughs> it smells just like fig. Um. And, and 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 my inspiration that I would really like to share is that, and this has been the goal for as long as I've been doing it, is to really offer a product that makes a difference.
0: Yeah.
1: That's sustainable. That supports. Uh. Fair trade, Um, if it can help a village, um, that's, I I mean, to to make a difference and and help people is really why we're here. It's not how much we can get. It's it's what we can do to
0: make a difference. So do you really uh, carefully source all your ingredients?
1: We do. Um, Some of them you have a little bit more uh, insight where exactly, I mean, there's no way that you can control everything because... Um, we have, I think, 45 flavors and I think over 200 other materials that we offer. Um, we work with our producers that are just impeccable about quality. Uh, one, one of our producers, uh, his grandfather was at one time one of the largest peppermint uh, producers in the world back in the 1926. In fact, actually, we thought it was 1930. Um, this is our Oregon farm. Yeah. And last oh no it was this summer he had a big barn party to celebrate and he found articles that went back to 1926. Oh. Kate. It was really neat. Wow. Oh, yeah. So they're fourth generation farmer and um it's just really neat to be a part of that. Mm. The other thing that we offer is preserves, and these these preserves that we do, and I know that um, most of the audience here is into raw foods, but these preserves are done at very low temperatures yeah. and they're based on a four hundred year old tradition that's been passed down recipes that have been you know passed down for hundreds of years um, it, it's It's really neat to be a part of that to yeah. to support that.
0: I met a lady the other day who made rose jam just out of roses and sugar.
1: Yes. The rose petal that we have is um comes from the Valley of Roses in Bulgaria and they use beet sugar. It is not regular sugar and it's a very small amount. They only use just enough to, to be able to preserve it because you have to you have to bring the temperatures up to certain degrees otherwise you're going to get botulism and bacteria in it.
0: Yeah.
1: You have to. <clears throat> but it's based on a a tradition that's been passed down for a long time. And so these are the things that inspire me is to be a part of that. Yeah. And we just we just uh wanted to bring something to people's awareness that they would enjoy and that would make a difference.
0: It's um I love this And same- everything we do I love the sacred sage as well. Oh, really? That's great. Mm.
1: And see, that I actually started making about 21 years ago. Nobody was making anything (laughs) like that. And that is an interesting story. The first time I ever picked white sage was on my birthday on Mount Palomar in San Diego.
0: Yeah.
1: And I took the white sage and I made an extract out of it, just like you would do a tincture. Yeah. And this is before I really understood anything about distillation. I wanted to learn, and I wanted to do it. But, um, we, you know, back then, and we just, I mean, over the last 15, 20 years, we just learned so much, and so much more is available. And that's how I first started it. And what was the inspiration is a lot of people are allergic to the smoke. Right. Or, if you go if you're if you're traveling and you're in a hotel and you want to burn your sage, well, that's going to make the fire alarm yeah. go off and the smoke alarm go off,
0: yeah, so
1: that was the inspiration of the smokeless mist. Thank you so much, Kate. <laughs> people just, love that all over the world. Yeah. they love that
0: stuff. Let's just tell people it's it's sage in a little spray bottle, isn't it, and sage is used for clearing energies and and clearing space but as you say it's quite difficult to burn whenever i buy sage i find it doesn't always burn very easily and um it can make a bit of a mess so it's great to just if you just want to very quickly clear some space <laughs> it's great to just give give a you know if you've just had a row with one of the boys or something it's great to just give it a few squirts in that area and just kind of be able to do it so um so easily
1: we do use the traditional white sage, and it's uh it's actually um harvested wild crafted in a good way um and a- actually, when you harvest the white sage it it really encourages it to grow if you harvest it in the correct manner um you never you never take all of it, but when you take a little bit it just you know helps it to grow and then we take that, we dry it, and then we put it in the steam distillation this year. Uh, we were distilling it up at the farm in Oregon that does the peppermint and the clary sage and the chamomile, the one I was just telling you about. Yeah. And um, and then I mix that with other other essential oils like juniper and cedar. And we always we always pray and have a positive attitude and make it in a good way. I never make it in a bad mood. Put them hardly ever in a bad mood, but, you know, we all have those times. We're all human, but... Still, if it, it, of course then you have to if you spray yourself before you make it. <laughs> <laughs> you should try some of the other uh, aroma mists, Kate. Yeah, the Bliss is amazing. Um, they're stressy, but the Bliss—that Bliss has blue lotus, honeysuckle, and tuberose and Saint John's wort. And um, we will be coming out with. Um, well, we've had our botanical perfumes, but now we're designing it so that it it really, uh, we launch it in the way where people become aware of perfumes that, I mean, basically you can eat.
0: <laughs> so do you want you know, to tell us a bit about that? Because most perfumes are done with alcohol, aren't they? What? How do you do yours? They're made in grape alcohol. Yeah.
1: hmm
0: Synchronicity
1: is uh, for men and women made by man and woman, I have to say that. Um, and that's made with wild and organic uh, materials including essential oils and what they call absolutes uh, which is uh, the process we were talking about, the CO2 and the solvent extraction. And then we put that into um, a biodynamic grape alcohol. It's, uh, it's made by um, a farmer down in California. Uh, he's like I think he's in his eighties, and he follows the Rudolf Steiner principles, and that's yeah. what we use with our perfumes. Yeah. We also put that in sacred sage too, by the way
0: yeah.
1: and then we use the structured water by matrix of light yeah. and they do they do we do the structured water, so they take the water out of the spring and then they make sure that it's alive. <laughs> I don't know how they do that, but you can go on matrixoflife.com and that yeah. explains it. And, uh, and so so that's what we use in our products because um, it just makes a difference. We want to make a difference. I mean, d- we look at the world around us and what's happening, and I believe we can change it collectively. Yeah. I really do believe that. I have a little saying, changing the world one aromatic molecule at a time. <laughs>
0: i've just i've just started reading um bruce lipton's book do you know bruce lipton no i don't he wrote the biology of belief and um he's written another book called spontaneous evolution and um it's really interesting i've only just started it but it's about how we can have these kind of spontaneous moments of evolution where things just kind of change um you know it's all it's all going on behind the scenes and it seems like maybe nothing's happening but it's all going on behind the scenes and then you get these spontaneous outbursts of of shift and how that's how nature works basically
1: i wrote down his name because that's interesting because i really truly believe that with our minds and our thoughts and and even more powerful collectively even the whole raw food movement. I mean, look at the changes that it's made. Even aromatherapy. Aromatherapy was just a small smidgen on the scale of, of, of you know, the industry is selling soaps and perfumes. And now look at it.
0: Yeah.
1: Because people were demanding that they wanted it. Yeah. The same thing with our foods. If we, if we don't demand that we want excellence and that we want quality then we're going to lose that 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 um ability to yeah. have it.
0: Yeah.
1: So I think that even the whole movement that we're into the the raw foods, the aromatherapy, people are standing up and they're saying we we're, we're, we want to take charge of our own health. Yeah. We we need alternatives. And um it's great. I I love seeing it. I I absolutely <laughs> love seeing what has happened.
0: I guess so I guess we, we're in a culture that really encourages dumbing down, isn't it? And, and what you're saying is we should actively work to reverse that and, and ask to be smartened up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, is
1: it, nature is really intelligent. I mean, even if you look at what's going on uh, all around us and all the disasters, and I really try not to think about it, because if we think about it, there's really... What we we can 't do anything, so if we just try to change our mindset instead of worrying and festering and going, "Oh my gosh, what am i 'm going to do and and do the best you can every day in consciousness and and be kind to people and just treat people and treat everything uh, with respect, then we can and, and nature particularly too because um you know one of my pet peeves I have to say this is is like if I'm driving down the road and somebody smoke, uh, throws a cigarette out, I mean yeah. come on, or you're down at the river, this beautiful place, and you look down and there's it, 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 it's it's on the ground or there's people that couldn't take a second just to take their own tracks, yeah, I mean with that kind of consciousness. We can really clean up the planet. Yeah, we we have the ability. I mean, we have to act now. And and I just think that nature is, is nature is so intelligent that by changing our ways, even if it's just a just a second or just like a minute, um, you know, inch, you know, anything, just like you're talking about, Bruce. Yeah, we can we can change it. I know we can
0: yeah he's he's talking about um when people get diagnosed with cancer and then there's something called spontaneous remission where the doctors say to them you know sorry you've only got six months to live and you know there's nothing we can do for you and then people go away and because they change their attitude and it's you know it's it's a regular regularly occurring thing where they'll go back to the doctor and and they'll be in remission and there's no logical explanation for it but it's just a change in attitude and a change in in state of mind that can cause this shift and so that's what he's saying is we shift our intentions and we can we can put the whole planet into spontaneous remission
1: <laughs> that's fantastic that he's writing about that yeah yeah
0: it's
1: true our thoughts are powerful and, yeah um uh, and I just um I'm just so happy that we could share and I I really am grateful that you've taken the time to talk about this and then I'm grateful that people are really enjoying the products. Yeah. Because that makes me feel like I've done my
0: job, you know, oh, I'm doing yeah. my job here. Well I don't think they're so well known yet over here but everyone who uses them really loves them just because we never had anything like that before so it's so wonderful to get access to this this treasure chest of <laughs> you know and and as a chef and I'm always making new recipes it's it's just added a whole new dimension to I just actually just before I spoke to you I just made some rum and raisin fudge and I'm, <laughs> I'm so into the rum and raisin. And, and one of my favourite drinks right now is I make um like a hot milk kind of drink because it's very cold at the moment and I make a hot milk kind of drink with maca and hemp and uh, thin, and it's all nice and creamy and I put just four drops of the hazelnut extract in. It's, I make a big, big jug of milk and put four drops of the hazelnut extract in and it's just, oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's a flavor enhancement. And yeah. you, and
1: you don't need very much. No. We we found that that we did a a, a it wasn't necessarily scientific, but it was a scientific test in house and we did an odor profile test on one of the very popular hazelnut flavorings here. Yeah. and I you know I won't mention any names. <laughs> but um I will say that we stopped at Ours was over sixty times stronger. Wow. We stopped. We said this is we said we have to stop. It was over sixty times. And I actually am not one to take things back. I wound up taking this back to the store. I said, This has no hazelnut flavor to it.
0: Yes. It was mostly
1: water and alcohol. Yes. And as a consumer it was just disappointing. So that is part of the inspiration to bring in the flavors to people, and yeah. and also the oils and the products, but particularly the flavors, because as a formulator, as a perfumer, I couldn't I couldn't get a peach note or a fig note or a, you know a plum note or any of that without it being natural. I mean, it was always always synthetic.
0: Yeah.
1: And and then if anybody that's listening and yourself, if you do some research on the aromatic chemicals because we are so um driven by our nose. Most people don't even realize our nose really drives us. Yeah. And so when when we look at the laundry detergent or the the cleaning supplies or anything like that, they're just they're made out of chemicals. Yeah. And they're just really bad for us. <laughs> so that is another inspiration. When I started doing the, when I was researching and finding out about, um, uh, you know, these different ingredients, it just it made me sad because it it was it was it was sad to see that people didn't have a choice, and then it inspired me to, to give yeah. them a choice. Yeah, it just you know it takes time for people to get out there. Recently, there was this flavor enhancer that came out by Kraft. And it 's gone viral, Kate. I mean everybody, millions and millions of people are talking about it, and if you go online and look at it, I 'm not going to say their name uh, on this on this uh, uh, interview, but um, they're always saying, "Oh it's natural, and this is natural, and they have aspartame in them, they have uh, uh, the the red forty, which they have actually proven to be carcinogenic, yeah. we also read an article in the natural foods uh, industry. And they were talking about how all these dyes were causing the the kids to have problems with their nerves and, you know, just different health problems. And um, anyway, so it's an inspiration to offer something. I feel blessed every day, Kate, that I wake up and I go to to sleep that I'm able to offer these things to people. It is really, I mean, it's it's fun for me too, you know. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) And and next time I send you guys a package, I will send you some of the Bliss perfume. Oh, thank it's you. Amazing.
0: That would be amazing.
1: So, but...
0: Um, Do you want to tell us about the deodorant? That looks really interesting. Which one? The deodorant, the coconut. Oh, the deodorant.
1: That is... um, That is amazing. Uh, my dear friend, sister... She's the creator of it. She's, she's actually on our board, and she's she, actually my designer, too. And she could not find anything out there that was, one, natural, and, two, that would work. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's been developing that for a couple of years because she had to get the consistency right.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's, just a, it's a simple product. It's not made out of that many ingredients. And it's fantastic. I mean, it's not like a deodorant that we're normally used to where you take the stick and you use it, right? You actually have to put it on and put it underneath your arm.
0: Yeah.
1: It. I, I can't say enough of it. It works fantastic. Um, it doesn't keep you from, from sweating. But um, let's say, for instance, I mean... It, if if, if uh, all of a sudden you had to go somewhere and you didn't have a chance to clean up or anything like that, you actually can use it and it will help.
0: Yeah.
1: It's amazing how it deodorizes. We've had even people use it on their feet. Wow. Wow. I mean, there should be other things that are a consideration, but I'm just talking in general for a deodorant, yes.
0: I was just, Have you tried it, Kate? No, I was just reading about. Um, do you know Nadine Artemis, who does living libations? I don't know that. And no. she makes beautiful products as well. She's just brought out a deodorant, and they were saying that when you put it under your arms, if you sweat, it actually the scent. It actually the scent improves <laughs> because of what she's put in it. It actually the this the when you sweat, it actually releases aromas, which is lovely.
1: Is, is it the same thing, or is it just something different? I
0: don't know what hers is, but again, it's it's entirely natural, and I just I just love the alchemy of that that it would um it would actually improve <laughs> over time. <laughs> well, it's
1: amazing. Our basic elements like baking soda, vinegar, um, uh, hydrogen peroxide. I mean, it's amazing what you can do with these simple elements. Yeah. Uh, it, it really goes back to we really have everything we need, and it's simple. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even even the uh, cleansers and things like that. It's just basically calcium carbonate, or ca- car- carbonate. Excuse me. It's uh, calcium carbonate, and that comes from nature. It comes from the the earth. It's limestone, basically, but. Um, it's uh it's just amazing how our simple ingredients can be so effective,
0: yeah, your bug repellent as well that looks really good
1: and that has quite the story yeah. <laughs> that that is a story. I actually made my first bug repellent formula in nineteen ninety two yeah and then I moved to Oregon <laughs> and um Got to Oregon and I was involved with the country fair and during the winter it fills up with water. Well, during the summer all the water goes away and the mosquitoes are everywhere. So for over 12 years we tested um, the bug repellent in a mosquito ridden uh, area and um, probably about three years ago I finally finalized it. When I finalized it, it, and it smells good, too, by the way. Um, we actually tested it, and in, in the lab, it tested out for 48 hours. Wow. Um, it worked on mosquitoes. I mean, there's always one person or somebody something's not going to work for. It can't work for, you know, always yeah, yeah. everybody. I think that's for anything, yeah. really.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I'd say, oh, a, a good 99% of the time it works for people. And it smells good. It's not offensive, and it's um, and and I mean we've tested it just, just about everywhere. The thing about that bug repellent, it's not going to kill a mosquito. If somebody's looking for something like DEET, it won't kill them, but it will repel them.
0: Yeah.
1: So so which is a lot better for the environment, anyways. Yeah yeah, Karma free. And it has a lot of different ingredients in there. Um we did put some catnip in it because uh the university I believe it was I can't remember if it was Iowa or um Indiana, I'd have to look up my notes. Uh they tested um a catnip and it was like 30 times stronger than deet. Wow. And deet is just total chemical. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. Wow. And catnip's just a herb, isn't it? Yes. Now, catnip doesn't have
1: a lot of oil in it, so it takes a lot of herbs to make the oil. See, that's the thing about these essential oils and just production. It takes a massive amount of materials and herbs to make these oils.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you that as well because I buy really good quality essential oils and they can vary in price so much. Is that because you need so much of a different flower like for instance, jasmine is or rose are way more expensive than lavender. Is that because you need a lot more jasmine to get the oil? Yes.
1: And and jasmine has to be processed a little bit differently than lavender. Lavender definitely has a lot more oil. And then it's gonna be the soil, the temperature, the climate. I mean these these are different things that really affect the quality and the production. Um if you have uh usually between i I would say like late june into july uh in most areas i'm not saying all areas lavender is usually harvested well if you're going to have a lot of rain and there's going to be too much moisture in the air and you're not going to get that really hot sun you're not going to get as much oil so uh your 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 cost of production would maybe go up and your your um your result would be less oil. And so that's why there's some variance in, in well, lavenders, because different lavenders grow all over the world. But the jasmine, um, it doesn't have as much oil. And it takes just a, a tremendous amount of jasmines or roses to make these oils.
0: Yeah, don't you need um, thousands and thousands of petals just to make one little bottle? You do.
1: And and most people don't realize... like. Like if you look at a lavender for five dollars for let's say ten mils, more than likely that is not real lavender or it's diluted. Yeah, because a little bottle takes a lot of lavender flowers to make. Yeah. So it's um, it's really relative. I I think about that and people, uh, they again it goes back to reference points. Is this a real lavender or is this a real lavender? Yeah. Oh, I just want to buy the cheapest lavenders available? Well, you're going to get what you pay for. Yeah. Sometimes you, if you have a lavender for 15, let's give an example, and you have a lavender for 5, you might use way less of that 15 than you would that 5 to get yeah. the same result. Yeah. So it, it's, it's really relative and, of course, it's a personal uh, choice too. Sometimes that's okay for somebody to use the other one as the other one, but um, there's only so much that's produced in the world, Kate, and, and, um, I mean, maybe even someday I can come to England and bring the oils and teach people and let them really smell amazing oils. Yeah. And I say amazing, I say it only not because we're selling it and offering it, but truly in my heart and my soul. The what we have is the best that I've ever found, and I would say probably most of my life on this journey of aromatics, um, it, it's amazing how much bad stuff is out there.
0: Yeah.
1: I I would say now there's more available in in a good way than there ever has been, but again it's just I think again. We know what is real, and what isn't real. You know when you smell something, you can feel if it it's real or not. Yeah. I think we get that intuition right off the in that moment. It's just a matter of listening to that intuition or our intellect saying, "Well, this is not real or this is real." But our body told us already.
0: Yeah. I just I don't think you can be experienced as well and You've put basically this is your life's work. You've put tw- over twenty years of your life into this, and 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 unless anyone else has done the same, they're just not going to come up with anything to equal that, are they? You, you think experience counts for so much in the world?
1: Well, one thing that I can share is is that at any time when you're smelling something. Um, and e- even if you're... Well, we'll just let, let's just talk about the smelling or the aromatics. When you smell something, it should not be like, oh, this is really just strong. It should be like you're taking the lavender or you're taking the strawberries and you're rubbing it in your hands. It should be soft and gentle. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be oh, in a way where it just kind of hits you in the back of the throat. It should be gently in your, in your whole being. Um, now, even in the strong, because these things are really concentrated, if you take it and you put it on a little piece of paper and you waft it, you're going to smell more of what it would really smell like being in the strawberry. Mm. Because... When you smell it out of the, bo- the bottle, you get really overwhelmed. It's just too strong. In fact, I'll send you a little bit of these scent strips next time. Mm, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yes. Because uh, it, it's, it, it, even though you say I have all these years, what I can share with everybody is that if it's soft and gentle and it smells real, you'll know it. Yeah. I mean, we've all had experiences with the real thing in nature, whether we're eating lemons or we're eating strawberries or we're eating hazelnuts. I mean, of course, when you smell a hazelnut and you grind it up, it does have a smell to it. These are a little bit more concentrated. That's why there's such great flavor enhancements because you could take, like, a blueberry and just add one or two drops of that blueberry, even with the real blueberries, and it just it makes it fuller. Right, it right. It enhances it. right. So maybe I will come out to England and we'll we'll go on an aromatic journey. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> but let's take a break for that raisin <laughs> rum. <truss. laughs> it's like I want some. <laughs> I have all these amazing raw foodists that make these amazing things everywhere. It's just it, it's great. <laughs> so it's it's just very it it really is a. Um, I feel very grateful to take this time to really share with you and 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 I really do um hope that I get a chance to take you on some more journeys and and share with you the differences in these oils because they are amazing healers. Um whether it just makes you feel good, that's a healing in itself, or it actually physiologically really affects you, you know. Um it's it, it, they're amazing, so yeah. I'm I'm just grateful that that I can do it.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much, and, and hopefully, if you ever have any more questions or want to hear more, and next time you come to um uh, to the states again, let me know.
0: Yeah, yeah. So your website is medicineflower dot com, and um, we have I think we have about a dozen of the extracts on our raw Living site. But if people are very curious about any of the others they can let us know and we'll we'll get them in. I think every time we order we and we add a few more on. We just got the violet which I'm really excited about as well. Gonna make violet creams and violet chocolates.
1: Violet cream stuff see that's very European. Yeah. That was that they've been using that for a long time. And that was another one. Not only European candies you can do with the violets, perfumes yeah <laughs> it's a violet perfume i mean it's uh um, that sounds really
0: interesting yeah yeah i'm looking forward to playing i'm i'm developing lots of cupcake recipes at the moment so i'm going to do a, a violet frosting on one of my cupcakes and <laughs>
1: would you would you are you going to be sharing some of those uh recipes yeah yeah by the way like People that are trying to, like, that are transforming into raw foods or changing their diets that used to drink a lot of, like, cokes or any kind of sodas or anything like that, they can take these flavors and put it in sparkling water, and it's amazing. Oh, yeah, you don't yeah. even need sugar. You, uh, try, try vanilla in one or yeah. vanilla apricot. It, 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 apricot is one of my favorites. So, um,. And you don't even need any sugar, really, because it's kind of got its own sweetness to it.
0: Oh, I bet they're great in kefir, aren't they?
1: Yes. So, I mean, if people are drinking sodas and they're transferring and they're kind of jonesing for something, they could take the flavors and, and flavor their water.
0: Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time, Alicia. It's been a great pleasure.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Kate.
0: And we'll speak again soon. All right. Thank Talk you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
1: Uh-huh. Bye-bye.